time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction. And today, the holy souls in purgatory, you know, the entire month of November, is dedicated to praying for the souls in purgatory and all of those faithful family members and friends who have died and perhaps uh, have not yet found the joy of heaven. I have friends, uh, you probably do as well, who don't believe in purgatory. But Scripture's pretty clear. We must be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect and nothing unclean shall enter heaven. In the end, I think purgatory is all about hope. And so on this last day of November, the Feast of St. Andrew, we're going to talk about purgatory today. Here to help us on the journey, our spiritual director, one of our regular contributors, back with us once again, Father Eric Nielsen. Father Eric is a priest in the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin, pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin. Father Eric Nielsen, Great to have you back. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Great to have you on the show today. It's great to be here, Chuck. Always a pleasure. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. The last uh, first real weekday of Advent. So, you know, we're all getting into the Advent season here in the Feast of St. Andrew. So, very beautiful day. And off and running. Here we go, the last day of November. And we are going to talk uh, today about the poor souls in purgatory, as we do every day. We'll open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience uh, to join in the conversation today as well. We'll give you that phone number here in just a moment. But, Father Eric, get us started. Holy souls in purgatory. Just give us an overview. Purgatory. What is it? Yeah, purgatory. You know, it makes perfect sense as um, the Anglican um, writer um C.S. Lewis, Lewis pointed out that um, we need to be cleansed perfectly in order to enjoy heaven. Heaven is a place of those who have um, perfect love, and only through perfect love will we be able to, in, in a sense, enjoy heaven. It's kind of like if you're in a choir, and you're singing in a choir, and you, you couldn't keep the peach, pitch, or you didn't know the notes, you wouldn't be happy singing in that choir. You know, in order to really be happy in that choir, you would have to be able to sing perfectly along with the rest of the people in the choir. So in a sense, that's what happens to us in purgatory. You know, we're cleansed of the sins that have kind of marred us. When you go to confession, um, you're forgiven of all those sins, but the effects of that sin still kind of make an imprint on your heart. So if you've, been, if you've done something not agreed, if you've stolen money, or you're forgiven of that sin of stealing money, but you still have that desire of greed, you know, still left in your heart. So purgatory is what um, eliminates that. So when you go into heaven, you no longer, you know, have that greed. And, you know, and there's references to that, you know, in Scripture. Our Lord says that um, in in a passage, I tell you truly, you'll not get out of there until you have paid the last penny. You know, like the little parable explains that. Um, and he also says that um, whoever speaks against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. So it kind of shows that, you know, there's this age to come where we're going to be cleansed and need to be forgiven from our sins. And 
St. Paul in Corinthians speaks of people being saved as if through fire. Um, many saints have had visions of the souls in purgatory asking for them, their help. Um, probably the most reputable or, um, um, would be um, John the 23rd, Pope John the 23rd. He made a deal with the souls in purgatory that if he would pray for them that they should give him a good memory because he had a very bad memory in the seminary. And um, he started praying for the old souls in purgatory, and he got a very good memory. So that comes from one of, one of the popes, of one of the recent um, popes that we've had. Now, out of charity, we should pray for the holy souls in purgatory, because they cannot help themselves. The thing about the souls in purgatory is they, they can no longer merit um, the merit that they will receive in heaven is already set. We can obtain merit while we're here on earth by doing good works through Jesus Christ. That, that wins us merit, and that will give us a greater reward in heaven. But once we, And also through our sacrifices and penances, we can work off the time that we would normally have in purgatory. But once we die, that's it. You're either going to heaven, you're going to hell, and you're going to go to purgatory for the set of time that you need to go to purgatory. So the souls in purgatory, when now when they're there, they're experiencing pains far worse than any pains that we would ever have here on earth. So it's not something you want to shoot for. Don't shoot for purgatory. Shoot for heaven. Um, but at the same time, the souls in purgatory have greater joy than we ever experience here on earth because in their heart, they know for a fact that they are eventually going to see God. And so that gives them um, great joy. They say, too, that I forget exactly where this comes from. I didn't have a little time to do enough research on this, Chuck. But most of the souls who are freed from purgatory are not freed on All Souls Day, but they're freed on Christmas. It's almost as if all the prayers that they receive on All Souls Day just kind of, you know, it just kind of speeds them along so that they all get out at Christmas time. There's also stories that what, what what a gift, right? What a yeah. gift! Boy, no right, kidding. Right. Yeah, that's their Christmas gift to get out, of, and it makes Jesus happy too to see all those souls coming up there. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's purgatory. And so let's pray for the Holy Souls in purgatory, and let's not go there ourselves. Let's not go there ourselves. We're going to talk about that today. Let's open up our phone lines as well. Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director, talking about uh, purgatory and the souls in purgatory. Uh, Toll-free phone number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. But the Holy Souls in purgatory, who are you praying for? And what does purgatory mean to you? And does the hope of purgatory help in some way as you think about your own death? And I'm confident... Some of you might have questions about purgatory. We invite you to join us. And again, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. You can also email us in our life at relevantradio.com. So is it a fair question, Father Eric, to ask why did God create purgatory? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, why did God create purgatory? God created purgatory out of his great mercy so that he, he could admit more people into heaven. As you said in, in your opening message, Chuck, um, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. And if that would be the condition for getting into heaven, there would be very, very few people in heaven indeed. And so what God did is he created this purgatory, which is kind of more like a safety net, 
so that he could, in his great mercy, allow people to get into heaven who didn't die in the state of perfection. We have to really believe that through our baptism alone, we have the grace to reach spiritual perfection. But, you know, obviously many of us will not. Um, and so we need the sacraments to help us, primarily confession and the Eucharist. But even with confession and the Eucharist, a lot of us will not reach the perfection that we should here on earth. And so now, so that's why we have purgatory. Well, and then for somebody listening today, and uh, I mean, I know uh, I've got friends, uh, we don't get into heated arguments, but we uh, we get very firm in our convictions about purgatory, and they quite frankly don't believe in it. Uh, these are good Catholic friends of ours. And I know we've got um, uh, listeners, uh, one listener uh, who is not Catholic, he emails me uh, quite a bit, actually over the weekend, uh, pointed to some scripture to basically say there is no purgatory, but for somebody who maybe doesn't believe in purgatory, really believes that there is no purgatory, what would you say to that person? Well, I would say that the, the earliest Christians believed in purgatory. So, um, in fact, probably the best um, account that I know of is to read the account of Saints Perpetual and Felicity, who I think this is the second century, so in the 100s. They, they're in prison, getting ready to be fed to the um, lions. And there's a count of how, if I forget which one, is having a dreams of her brother who had passed away needing help in order to get into heaven. And so she starts praying for him while she's in prison, offering up prayers and sacrifices for him, and then has another dream where he is released into heaven. Now you might say, well, that was just a dream of... Uh, you know, a woman in prison in, you know, 160 A.D. Well, exactly, that's all it was, but it shows that the early Christians definitely believed in a type of purgatory and that people should pray for them. So I think it's, 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 it's you, you can't deny the fact that the early Christians believed in purgatory. So then you could think, well, why are you smarter than the early Christians? Um, you know, if the, if, the tradition, if the constant tradition of the Church has been in purgatory— it wasn't really started to seriously be disbelieved until the 16th century. You know, why, why the, the onus is on you to disprove it. The onus isn't on me to prove it. Well, and, you know, to, to your point here, I, I keep going back to, it's interesting when I think about purgatory, I just think this is really good news. I mean, there's a, there's a shot here for us sinners, isn't there? Yeah, that's, it's great news, as I said before. You know, this opens up the door to a lot more people. You know, and our Lord was asked how many people are going to enter into heaven. You know, he didn't give an answer, but he said, strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many will try, you know, and, and few there are who will get there. Well, if the narrow gate is, pure, is perfect holiness, how many people are going to really achieve that, right? But if there is this purgatorial system, so to speak, that allows those who have, you know, generous hearts of some type, who have good motives, but just fall short out of weakness, well, well, that's great news for all of us. It's like, you know, it's a safety net. I don't have to, you know, if I make one slip up on the trapeze, I'm not going to die. You know, I'm going to fall into this net and be caught by the mercy of God. 
Father Eric Nielsen is our spiritual director, talking about purgatory and the holy souls in purgatory. And again, toll-free number if you'd like to join us on the program today, 888-914-9149. Father Eric, let's uh, take a phone call for you. And Kathy, listening in Albuquerque, New Mexico, thank you for calling, and uh, we appreciate uh, you joining us on the program today. Thank you very, very much. I I love your program. Uh, My question is, when... Is there a possibility, or how, how do I feel confident? Like my parents, when my parents died, and they're good, beautiful people, and I pray and I pray and I pray for them, and then you know for their souls, and then I I say, well, do I stop praying for them and and hope that they're in heaven and they could pray for us now? Uh, wow. I, yes. Yeah. I, you know, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know what, what's my prayer that, focus? Is it for them in, to be relieved from purgatory, or for them to pray for us? Kathy, that is an that is an excellent question. So, first of all, it's not dogma. You don't have to believe this, but the general consist, con, cons, um, consensus of many theologians and saints is that while the souls in purgatory can't help themselves, they can help us that they are capable of praying for us. So if you pray to your... Now, they're not going to be able to give you as much grace as if they're in heaven, but that God does reveal to them, you know, that this person is asking for prayers and they do have the ability to pray for you. Um, Secondly, you can... Some people have asked for signs that people are in heaven. I, I think, generally speaking... Asking for signs is not a, uh, a good thing to do, but it's, if you are going to ask for signs, it's probably the safest to ask for that. You know, I just give me assurance that my family member is in heaven. And then, so you can ask for that, and people have and have gotten, you know, signs that their loved one is in heaven. And, you know, often through dreams, you know, they just appear to them and say, you know, do not weep for me because uh, I am in heaven. So then... The other thing to realize, though, is we, we, we have an obligation to pray for the holy souls in purgatory. They need our prayers, and charity is most effective when, in a sense, you know, we don't get much in return. And it takes faith to pray for the holy souls in purgatory because it's, it's not like giving somebody a loaf of bread where you can see what you're doing. And St. Maria had this idea, and I don't know if I quite like it or not, but his idea was that when you pray for the holy souls in purgatory, if you pray for a particular soul, it doesn't necessarily go to that person. It goes to the person that God thinks is most in need, or, or everybody just kind of jumps up a little bit. That was kind of St. Maria's idea, that when you pray for a holy soul in purgatory, you know, everybody just kind of takes a little bit of a step forward. He saw that as being, as being more just. Other people have said, well, you know, their soul's languishing in purgatory because people thought they were saints and nobody's praying for them. So you can believe whatever you want in that regard, I guess. But the point is is that if you're praying for a soul that you think is in purgatory that's no longer in purgatory, God is going to use those prayers. God does not waste anything. And so whatever whatever motivates you to pray. So, for example, you know, I prayed for my father when he passed away. And quite frankly, you know, my, my fervor for praying for my father has kind of left me a little bit because other people who have recently passed away have replaced him, so to speak. And so I've got greater fervor for these other people now. And so I use these people to help me pray with greater fervor for the souls in purgatory. But I kind of tell Jesus, well, if my dad needs them, you know, give them to him first. <laughs> but I'm praying for this guy right now. 
So I don't know if that helps you, Kathy, at all. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you. That's such a great question. You know, I have in my notes here today, uh, my mom and dad. In fact, my dad died uh, 16 years ago, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So it was uh, just uh, front and center in terms of his death. And then my mom ended up dying uh, seven weeks after that. And so they both uh, went together pretty quickly. But, uh, you know, I think about this a lot, Father Eric. My mom and dad, uh, not Catholic, uh, and essentially for the um, vast part Part of uh, of their life were unchurched. Uh, my mom suffered immensely. The last few years of her life was confined to a bed on a feeding tube and all of that. And my dad was a dedicated, uh, devoted, loving husband and caregiver to my mom. And it was so interesting that uh, when my when my dad died, I, we were in uh, Washington D.C. and my dad was in St. Louis at the time. And you know, when when I got the phone call that he died, I didn't ask for this, Father Eric, but. I just suddenly had this image of my father running free, running away from me like he was he was running to the kingdom. And it was and again, I didn't ask for a sign. I don't know exactly how to explain it other than to say I had this image. But it's given me such great comfort over the years uh, to think that, gosh, possibly my mom and dad um, have entered the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, I mean, we and we need that comfort. You know, we we experience love through people, and heaven is supposed to be a place of love. And so, to think that our loved ones are not going to be with us in heaven, you know, it's hard for us to, to really imagine how that would be. You know, happy for us, right? And so, you know, I would say, you know, we, we take that as as a gift from God. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it means he's in purgatory, though, Chuck. You know, well, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to fly with the angels right now. <laughs> but we keep praying. We keep praying for for our parents, our loved ones, our friends, and all of the holy souls in purgatory. We are talking today about uh, the holy souls in purgatory. Who are you praying for? And what does uh, purgatory mean to you? And does it in some way help you um, as you uh, think about your own death? It's going to happen. And certainly, if you have any questions about uh, purgatory, we invite you to join us today. Father Eric Nielsen is our spiritual director. Our phone number, it's toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. Uh, We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. is today's gospel reading from the New American Bible. Matthew chapter 4 verses 18 through 22. As Jesus was walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, "Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men." At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com gospel, or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at RelevantRadio.com slash Forester. 
If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And thank you for joining us. Good to have all of you on The Inner Life today. We appreciate you taking time in your day to join us on the program. If you're just tuning in, Father Eric Nielsen is our spiritual director. Father Eric, a priest in the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin, where he is pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin, talking today about the uh, Holy Souls in Purgatory. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us, toll-free, 888-914-9149, and uh, who are you praying for, and what does purgatory mean to you? And uh, does the hope of uh, purgatory help maybe in some way as you think about your own death? Certainly, if you have any questions about purgatory, we invite you to join in the conversation uh, today. And again, toll-free number 888-914-9149. You can email us as well, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. So, uh, Father Eric, let's take some phone calls, and let's start with Tom listening in Newark, California. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the program. Hi, uh, good morning, and thanks for taking my call. I had a, a question about the prayer uh, to St. Gertrude, and uh, it's my understanding that it releases a thousand souls every time you say that, and I just wanted to get thoughts on that. Yeah, Tom, that would be awesome. Um, you know, if you should just say that every day, that soul, I get a thousand souls released from purgatory. What um, I think, if I recollect correctly, is, you know, St. Gertrude was a tremendously holy woman. She entered a convent at age five, the famous um, convent at um, Hilda up in Saxony. And um, at age 22, after living with this convent, she had a kind of another conversion and lamented her dissipated life that she had led in the convent. So you can imagine how pure of a woman she was. But our Lord told that every time she said this prayer, a thousand souls would be released from purgatory. Our Lord did not say every time you or I said that prayer, a thousand souls would be saved from purgatory. So I don't think our Lord extended it to everybody. He just said that it was for, if she said it, based on the purity of her heart, a thousand souls would be released. But at the same time, it's probably still a beautiful prayer, and if you apply it to the souls in purgatory, I'm sure it'll have good effect. Yeah. Does that help, Tom? Okay. Yes, it does. Thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Good to have you on the program today. Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director. Let's head to uh, uh, New Jersey. Agnes, listening in Clifton, New Jersey. You're up next, and it's uh, good to have you on the program today. Well, thank you very much for taking my call. I have a question about plenary indulgences for the per- souls in purgatory. I, I, yep. I listen to the program, and if, if I understand, you have to, you know, go to, go to confession, go to mass, and say prayers for these people, but also to visit the cemetery. Now, my family, okay, is all in one spot. Do I have to go to the cemetery, say five times, one for each person, or can I? Do I just go <laughs> once? Uh, I know it's, it's, it's a stupid question, but but what? Somebody's in California, and what if I prayed in somebody's in California? I can't go to California to pray at this cemetery. Right, right. I think there's a lot of confusion with plenary indulgences. There's a lot of kind of confusion with indulgences 
in general. So I'll just kind of start backwards a little bit here. So the church used to give, like, if you do this prayer, you get five days indulgence. And people would think, well, that's five days off of purgatory. But what it really meant is you would get the same grace as if you had fasted for five days. So instead of fasting for five days, you do this indulgence, and you get the same grace as if you would have fasted for five days. And then I think sometime around Vatican II, they decided, well, let's just get away with, you know, the numbers game. And um, we'll just say um, indulgence are either partial or plenary. If they're partial, they take away some of the temporal punishment due to you by sin. So it takes away some of your days off in purgatory. And if they're plenary, it takes away all the time off in purgatory. So if you do a plenary indulgence and die, you go straight to heaven. I guess another reason for getting the days off of there is because, you know, purgatory is kind of outside of the time that we normally experience. There is time in purgatory because we have bodies, and so time is real there, but it's a different type of time. All right. So to get a plenary indulgence, you know, you have to go to confession, receive communion, you know, do the act. Um, generally, an indulgence always requires praying for um, the Holy Pont- for the Holy Pope Pontiff, um, for the Holy Father. But the key thing is that in order to get a plenary indulgence, you have to have complete detachment from venial sin. Um, and that, that means you're, you're not attached to, to any type of venial sin. You might commit a venial sin from time to time because the just man sins seven times a day. But that extra drink that you always have, you don't, you're not attached to that. The, the gossiping that you like to do, you're not attached to that. Um, that, um, you know, the envy that you have towards people, you're not attached to that. You're not experiencing, you know, lust in your heart. You know, these things are all gone. So that's not an easy place to be. So I'm not saying that, you know, people aren't gaining plenary indulgences. I'm not saying it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Now, what the Pope did recently is he extended the ability to get a plenary, to get an indulgence or a plenary indulgence from visiting a cemetery on the Feast of Holy Souls to all of November, okay? So that kind of made a little bit, bit of news, and that was a great thing for the Holy Father to do because the corona people can't really get around as quickly as possible. But I've read somewhere, and if there's any really strong theologian out there that backed me up, I'd really appreciate it, but... It is my understanding it's, you cannot apply a plenary indulgence to this person. It's not like, here's the plenary indulgence. Um, I want that applied to my dad. It, that doesn't work that way. The plenary indulgence is given to you for praying for the holy souls in purgatory. It's not that you're gaining a plenary indulgence for the souls in purgatory. It's that you're gaining a plenary indulgence because you're praying for the souls in purgatory. So indulgences always stay personal. They, they don't apply to other people. It's just that during this period of November, we're, we can get a personal plenary indulgence for ourselves by praying for the Holy Souls in Purgatory. And yes, it doesn't matter which cemetery you go to. You don't have to go to one where your, where your relatives are. You'll get, a, you'll get an indulgence or the partial or plenary, and your prayers to that your loved ones do not depend on on your location. Okay. Yeah, I misunderstood. I thought I was praying for, like for my mom or for my dad, you know, and I was and I didn't realize it was a, to me, you know. Oh. Well, Thank you're praying you. for your mom and you're praying for your dad, but by praying for your mom and praying for your dad, you're gaining a plenary indulgence. 
but it applies to me. Yeah, but it yeah. applies okay. to you. Okay, well, yeah, I misunderstood. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, thank you yeah. very much for your help. All right, Agnes. Yeah, good to have you on the program. Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director, talking today about the holy souls in purgatory. Let's head to uh, the Chicagoland area. Rose listening in Palos Park, Illinois. Hi, Rose. Uh, Good to have you on the inner life today. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have recently been asked about what they call an apostolic pardoning. Could you tell me what that is? Yeah, it is an amazing thing that is so um, so um, underutilized. And even in the Roman ritual for the anointing of the sick, it's it's hard to find. It doesn't show up. I had to actually write it into my into my book. But an apostolic pardon is an indulgence that is given to somebody who is dying for the remission of all temporal punishment due to sin. And it's given to a person, you know, independent of um, the anointing of the sick or viaticum. It's just a blessing that the priest can give that takes away all temporal punishment due to sin. Now, I'm I'm a little unclear. I haven't really read a lot on this, but I, it would seem to me, in order to obtain the apostolic pardon, you would still have to be in the same state of grace as if you were receiving a um, plenary indulgence. In other words, in order to have complete remission of your sins through an apostolic pardon, you'd have to have no attachment to sin. Um, Otherwise, it would be partial. But again, you know, this is a this isn't isn't, um, go ask your father. This is (laughs) this is talking about spiritual things. And I'm not the greatest theologian in the world. So if if anybody knew differently, but they they should um, call up. But that would be my um, That'd be my understanding of it. Apostolic pardon, it's a special prayer um, given to, by the Pope to the priest to release somebody of all of their, their temporal punishment to the sin um, on their, at the point of death. Yeah. And does one need to ask the priest for this if there was a dying family member, let's say? Or is that yeah, I would ask, a priest yeah, I'd automatically just, know? No, a lot of priests don't automatically do it because it's not written in the ritual. And I would alert the priest before he comes so he's not fumbling around trying to find it, you know. And so, because um, a lot of times I've, I've looked for it in um, ritual books, and it's not always there. So I would, um, I would say, you know, Father, could you please, um, you know, give my dad the apostolic pardon when you come up? I think he's on the point of death, and um, he'll, he'll make sure he has it, and he'll be ready to do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director. Let's go to uh, Carolina listening in Bakersfield, California. You're up next and welcome. Hi, Father. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I had just a question on purgatory. Uh, if you die uh, in the state of grace, like you went to confession and, and you died the following day, and uh, do you go to purgatory for the sins of the past, or you go straight to heaven? Well, it would depend. It would depend if you've done enough penance for the sins of the past. If you've done enough penance for the sins of the past, and your soul is um, not attached to sin, then you would go straight to heaven. If not, you'd go to purgatory. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so just to explain things a little bit, 
So let's say you lived a very sinful life, right? Um, you, right. you know, I don't know, you, you killed 20 members of your family, stole $20 million, and you had, had eight husbands, right? right? And suddenly you have a huge conversion. And, I mean, you have really purified your life. You go to daily mass, you have no attachment to sin. Right. Um, your soul is, in a sense, perfectly pure and ready to go to heaven, except I've got all these sins I have to do atonement for and do penance for. And man, they're a lot. And it's going to take me a long time to do penance for all of these sins. Well, this is where an apostolic pardon or a plenary indulgence is so beautiful because that plenary indulgence takes away the penance that you have to do for all of those sins. So let's just look at purgatory and penance on two different levels. On one level, it is... um, purifying your heart so you can be perfect. But something I've kind of glossed over is that on another level, you know, there is such a thing as justice. And, you know, we have to kind of pay for all of the sins that we have committed in the past. You know, we have to do reparation for those things. If I stole $20 million, in a sense, I I need to pay $20 million back. Well, if I don't have $20 million, you know, if I got to go to purgatory and make four bucks an hour, that's going to be a long time in purgatory, right? And so what Jesus says, he says, look, uh, the saints in heaven, they got more money than they know what to do with. And if you get this plenary indulgence, they'll give you the money that you need in order to pay back, you know, all of this injustice that you have in, in, in the back of your life. Does that kind of make sense? So to praying to, for, right. So praying to the saints and our Blessed Mother for intercession, yeah, for interceding yeah, for us. Be, uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, they, they, uh, that, that's the whole thing of the communion of saints. You know, they, they, when all is said and done, everything's going to be atoned for and made up for. Jesus atones for everybody on his part, right? So Jesus, in a sense, his atonement was, was infinite because he's God. But at the same time, on a justice, he asked the church, his bride, to make up what they need to do in order to make up. And so some of the saints have done a lot more than the rest of us are ever going to do. But in the end, it's all going. And so we're all, we share in that. We share in that merit of grace that they have in heaven. So that's what a plenary indulgence or partial budget allows us to obtain. Yeah. Carolina, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, Father Eric Nielsen is our spiritual director talking today about the holy souls in purgatory. Who are you praying for and what does purgatory mean to you? And does the hope of purgatory help maybe in some way as you think about your own death? If you'd like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. We'll get to an email from London uh, when we come right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. to the inner life on relevant radio you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at inner life show or email us inner life at relevantradio.com. this is the inner life on relevant radio 
And welcome back, talking today about the holy souls in purgatory on this last day of November when we uh, take a month to pray for the holy souls in purgatory and uh, talking about that today. Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director, if you're just joining us, uh, Father Eric, pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin that in the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, Father Eric, uh, want to... Um, share an email with you. This is from Bernadette, and I think it's okay to use her name. She's in London, UK. So I just want you to know, Father Eric, you have a worldwide audience here. So anyway. Oh, thank you, Chuck. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> uh, see, when, you, when you're on the show, Father Eric, man, I'm telling you, we get people from all over the world <laughs> joining us. But uh, first of all, thanks for the email. Kind of a follow-up to what you were talking about earlier, and maybe even our last caller here. But um, I, I just like the question, and she says it was interesting that earlier in the show you said, Don't don't aim for tur- for purgatory. And then she goes on to say, because I'm always thankful to have that chance of purgatory as a way of eventually getting into heaven. I try very hard to live a life pleasing to God. He's on my mind always, but I know my younger years were not quite so holy. And surely that's probably the truth for a lot of us. So aren't we all hoping for purgatory as we're all sinners? And also I get a bit overwhelmed, she says, with all of the prayers and novenas and chapters. So is there a simpler way of saying the quote-unquote right prayers to help the poor souls get to heaven and help us who are still on the journey? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And um, Bernadette, what a beautiful name. I, I think everybody in Bernadette gets to go to heaven anyway just because it's such a pretty name. Well, it's my favorite saint. That's why I say that. But um, that's, you know, this is why we have plenary indulgences because – our goal on earth is to do penance. We need to do penance for past sins. And that could be overwhelming if we've lived a past sinful life. But more than getting doing penance for past sins, because if we get too focused on that, we can kind of think of, you know, God as this, you know, unbelievably exact judge who's going to make us pay the last penny, you know, until we get in there and we can start to feel like I have to earn my way to heaven. Um, so kind of like, um, what's that actor in the mission dragging all that stuff up that mountain, you know? <laughs> so um, that we have to, we have to, you know, do something like that. And what we want to focus on is our heart and love with Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is on your mind all the time, Bernadette, that's a good sign that your heart is in love with Jesus Christ. And the goal for you is to purify that heart so that the only thing that that heart has attraction to is everything that is true, good, and beautiful, which is who Jesus is. Jesus is the source of everything that's true, good, and beautiful. And so that's your goal. And, you know, we should have our novenas and our certain prayers, but let them be um, few in number and said with, you know, real intensity. And let, let us... Change them up from time to time. Let's not add novena on top of novena. It's good to put some aside. And, you know, maybe I'm going to take this one. Um, But other than the rosary and maybe the chaplet of divine mercy, you know, I would not say there's any special prayer that needs to be said. Um, Mass, the rosary, and then... And a little bit the chaplet of divine mercy, but I, I would not even—I would just even go to far, so far as to say, you know, for the vast majority of saints, the mass and the rosary are really the only set prayers that they all had in common. 
Mm-hmm. Other than the rosary and the mass, every saint had their own little special prayers. So let's not go shopping around for what we think is the perfect prayer to say. What's most important is that our hearts are into the prayers that we do say and that we stay detached from venial sin through frequent confession and frequent Eucharist and daily mental prayer. If we have daily mental prayer, frequent confession, frequent Eucharist, we're saying our rosary, you know, we're doing a little penance. Um, I, our Lord is a merciful God, Bernadette. He wants to purify your heart. His desire is for you to go straight in heaven. And despite the sins you've committed in the past, I'm, I'm sure that is what will happen to you. You'll die yeah. and go straight to heaven, Bernadette. Yeah. Bernadette, uh, thanks uh, for joining us uh, across the pond. It's a, a great, great question. We're glad that you sent it in today. Hope that proved to be helpful to you. Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director, talking about the poor souls in purgatory. Let's take another phone call. We're heading to Stillwater, Minnesota. Mary listening there. Hello, Mary, and welcome to the program. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call, Father. Um, I, I had a question. I was. It was my understanding that the blood of Jesus is, you know, the atonement for our sins, and it covers us completely. And you know, it's the price that was paid for our sins, and that that is what you know gives us um, salvation. And so, my question is, if we're still needing to do purgatory is is that saying that what jesus did is not enough or i'm not i'm kind of confused there yeah that's a great question and it's a little bit of a mystery Mm -hmm. and the thing is is that our free will is real and Mm -hmm. our lord in his mercy wants us to cooperate in his redemption And so that is why St. Paul says, I make up in my own body the suffering that is lacking in Christ. And that's right in Scripture, the words, the suffering that is lacking. Um, I could find it if I just Googled it here quick for you. (laughs) um, Yeah, that'd be great. That Um, is lacking in Christ. Okay, so when you say you make up in makeup in suffering, that can mean purgatory then? It's in Colossians one twenty four. I rejoice in my sufferings because I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's sufferings. So that comes right from Colossians chapter 1. And so we participate in our own redemption. This is a very important Catholic part. It's, you know, our redemption isn't just God coming by and just going. Our redemption isn't God coming into a, you know, a prison and just saying, you know, okay, you, 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 and you, you get out, and I, I, I paid off the bailiff, and, and you all get to go free. That's, that's not the way it works. What happens is Jesus is showing up, and he's like, look, I have earned the right for you to earn your own salvation. So in a certain sense, God gives us the ability to, in order for us to purify ourselves with his help and with his grace. Um, and so that's what we're doing. We, we are participating in Christ's suffering. Mary, um, 
Yeah, we're a little short on time. I want to try and get another phone call in here. Unfortunately, we are limited uh, by time here, so I hope that proved to be helpful to you. But let's uh, take another uh, phone call. Chris, listening in Napa, California. Thank you for the call, and uh, nice to have you on the program today. Um, my concern is that I'm worried that my husband might have gone to hell eat- and I thought we were a good Catholic family. We went to Mass on Sunday as a family, and we did a lot of other things. And I had no clue that he wasn't a good Catholic when he um, got his cancer diagnosis and had surgery. He got all kinds of things from Catholic Answers he was reading when he was recovering. And I had no clue, but this woman called two weeks after he died and was hysterical when one of the girls was answering his cell phone because she thought she she didn't know he was married and had a family. And um, I guess they had been close for years because her house that she lived in was across the street from the house he used as an office. So oh my I pray the rosary every day with the, uh, you know, with the radio, but... I have no clue that he didn't go to hell. <laughs> yeah, is, is he? Uh, he had cancer, though, huh? Yeah, he he had cancer and got uh, treat chemo and had surgery. Um, his diagnosis was three years before he died. Yeah, I would guess that you can have firm hope that through his cancer, that he reassessed his life. And, you know, sincerely confessed his sins. And if he sincerely confessed his sins, you know, God in his mercy redeemed him. And he's just got a lot of time in purgatory for what he did. Maybe the pain and cancer kind of, you know, if he offered it up with a clean heart, he could have, um, you know, done enough atonement for himself in order not to have any time in purgatory. But I would hold a firm hope in your heart that um, he... um, that he made a good act of contrition before he died. And to have such a beautiful wife as yourself, to um, not to be overly angry about that situation, but rather concerned for his soul, I don't know how a man could be married to such a woman and not, <laughs> and not repent in his last days and go to heaven. So I, I would put a, a firm hope in that. Mm-hmm. Chris, does that help? God will make you very happy in heaven. You hold on to that hope. Yeah, Chris, uh, God bless you. Thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, glad we're able to get you into the program today. Those are uh, tough situations. And and uh, Father Eric, do we at some point have to, to get to the point and just even our callers and questions and everything else that we have about certainly life, but um, certainly what happens beyond the life we know here. Is there an element of recognizing God is just, but also God is merciful and trusting that this is a God of ours is really the God who he says he is. Yeah, and it's it, his, and in God, mercy and justice, you know, come together into one. You know, there's no mercy without justice, and there's no justice without mercy. The two things work together. We kind of see them. And I think you have to just really think about the line that our Lord said, you know, the first will be last and the last will be first. 
And, um, you know, the, the, when we get to heaven, the, they say the first surprise is that we're there. The second surprise is the other people who are there, right? <laughs> and so um, I think that uh, it's, it's, hard, it's really hard to know. Only God sees the heart. And there's, you know, and we don't know the inner turmoil that people have that, you know, kind of lead them to sin. And God takes that into account as well. You know, there's a lot of people out there suffering from severe anxiety and, you know, depression that, you know, turn to drugs and alcohol. They make them do things that, you know, we'd, we'd rather wish they hadn't done. But God takes all that into account. Yeah. Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director, we have to wrap things up. Apologies, we couldn't get to the rest of our phone calls today. But Father Eric, we uh, like to close this hour with a final blessing for all of our listeners. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. The blessed Almighty God, through the intercession, blessed Virgin Mary, come down upon all of you today. May you have firm hope in your own salvation. May your prayers free not only you from purgatory, but all those whom you love. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Firm hope. I like that a lot. Thanks to Father Eric Nielsen uh, for joining us on the program. Thanks to all of you for taking time in your day to uh, spend it uh, with us here on Relevant Radio. Stay tuned. We're celebrating Mass at the top of the hour. Don't forget 1230 Central, The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. We are back tomorrow, and we hope to see you then.